Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Boyle, and today I have an amazing guest on the show, Katrina Foe. Now, Katrina is a fellow Pilates teacher, and she is a Pilates teacher trainer also. She is the author of Nutritional Pilates, which is to be released early this year in 2023, and she is board certified in holistic nutrition and certified terrain expert in the metabolic approach to cancer. So my conversation with Katrina today is talking about what we can do to help protect our bodies and, you know, support our bodies if we're looking at trying to prevent cancer and disease, but also how are we going to look after ourselves if we are going through a cancer journey. So whether or not it is yourself or a loved one, we all have people in our lives that have had to unfortunately go through a cancer journey. So this is a fantastic conversation on how we can just really support our bodies through our movement, nutritionally, some of the best care practices we can do to help reduce our risk of cancer, but also to help support our bodies if we are going through cancer right now. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Katrina. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Katrina, welcome to the show. It's so lovely to have you on today. Hi, Kate. It's great to be on. Now, we're going to geek out about Pilates today, which is pretty exciting because I don't have many guests that are specialists in Pilates. But before we do, can you share with listeners a little bit about who you are and your background and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Katrina. I have a Pilates studio in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's called Personalized Pilates that we've had for over 20 years. I don't know. I opened it when I was 24. So it's a while, a while ago. Um, and I've been doing Pilates teacher training for 20 years now, um, currently through Balanced Body. Um, as a separate note, I had a cancer journey and that um, I addressed 100% naturally and got me into functional nutritional therapy. So I also now have a practice of practitioners where we're focused on using the functional labs to figure out what exactly was the root cause drivers of people's cancer so they can get into remission and then not have to live in fear. Yeah, which is amazing because I think so many people that have their cancer journey, and I'm just talking in reference to people, loved ones that I know and stuff, they get the diagnosis, they get totally freaked out, They do the treatment because they get told it's chemo or radiation or whatever it may be, Um, but they're often scared to make any changes to diet and lifestyle because I know a lot of the time from the people that I've experienced, they especially say, don't don't change anything because we're doing the chemo. We just need to focus on the chemo, just keep everything the same. But there are so many things that we can be doing to help support our bodies and our bodies, you know, through potentially a cancer journey. So, you know, which is, a, I guess, a minefield of um, sort of topics to delve into. And before we get into that, can you share with listeners a little bit more about your own cancer journey? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was nursing my fifth child um, and I had a mastitis and that's how I found the lump. It was, you know, breast cancer, obviously, as I alluded to, but it was about a golf ball size. And I thought, hey, it's just the mastitis. The mastitis was done and it was still there. And I honestly wasn't that worried about it because I'm like, your your boobs are changing a lot when you're nursing. But my mother was very concerned. And so I I did some alternative testing and showed that it was cancer and it was originating in the breast tissue. And I knew I didn't want what the oncologists were offering. So I did did a lot of unique therapies. um, And eventually after researching and looking into a lot of different alternative therapies, going to Mexico, all sorts of things. I um, found a functional nutritional, uh, she was a chiropractor and she worked with me with diet and lifestyle and actual functional testing to see what was going on with my body. Like I mentioned that I work with now in terms of finding out why this was allowed to happen in my body. Yeah. Which is, you know, pretty amazing, but from your training, what are some of the things that can potentially lead to cancer or these types of diseases developing? Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is that cancer is a metabolic disease. Um, this is something that we know in the research. The defining factor of cancer is that it switches metabolically, you know, at a Krebs cycle level, that it's not uh, metabolizing oxygen anymore. Um, it's anaerobic. And yet, like you said, you know, they're feeding chemo clients cookies and things and saying it diet doesn't matter, which is just wrong. It's, it's actually, there's nothing better than to actually change your diet, which makes the chemo and the radiation more therapeutic if they would layer that on there, you know, so it doesn't have to be all or nothing you can do integratively with the, the standard of care with the functional and it just makes everything better. I don't know why more doctors aren't using it. No, I don't know either. And it was very frustrating with my family member, um, you know, trying to say there are so many things that you could be, you know, supporting your body, even if it's just, you know, getting more fiber in your diet, looking at different adaptogens and herbs and things that, you know, things that aren't, you know, super complicated, but again, can really support your system. So um, it was kind of like, you know, banging your head against a wall because, but the other thing is you have to remember too, that people that are going through that, they're scared, you know, they're trusting in their doctor and their doctor is telling them, you know, this is, it's the treatment's going to change it, not everything else. So don't worry about that stuff. Just focus on getting through your chemo or your radiation or or all the rest of it. So, you know, it's obviously always coming to it with compassion, but I think the more we can get this knowledge out to people, mm-hmm. then the better, as you said, even if it's just going through your treatment and being able to support support yourself through the cancer treatment, then that can help as well. Now, when it comes to Pilates, how can we utilize movement and Pilates when it comes to potentially either preventing cancer or even treating it when we've got clients that may be going through a cancer journey? Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it depends on, you know, what we're talking about. So like with prevention, I mean, Pilates is part of a huge picture of different modalities like diet and lifestyle choices and such to help create this natural healing mode, you know, body where, you know, the big thing that Joe Ply has always talked about is circulation. It's all about the circulation and getting that circulation, not only of the blood, but of the lymph to detox the body um, is super important. And Pilates is so good at it. 
It's so good. Um, the one thing I would say is that we need to have less restrictive clothing, particularly the sports bras, you know, with the really tight bands underneath the breast, um, because that does clog the lymph and such, and it's, it's working against us. But other than that, I mean, Pilates is amazing. Um, and because we're not doing a high impact, you know, or if we are like with the jump board, it's not the same, you know, you don't necessarily need to have the sports bras and the, the extremely binding clothing. Um, but the gentle movement, it's, it's just washes the body as Joe talks about and get it, gets it cleaned out so nicely. Yeah. Well, I know I like with my clients in the studio, we are generally working on mobility, as you said, circulation and getting that lymph moving and also, you know, getting that connection with people and whether or not it's connecting with somebody or connecting with their body, because going through different treatments, it can be obviously, you know, I haven't been through it myself, but knowing and working with my clients, they can feel really separated from certain areas of their body. So especially if they're dealing with say like radiation, you know, it's not only, they don't only just feel it in the breast tissue, then they don't use their shoulder as much and they're not using that arm as much because they're protecting it and the the mobility gets less and then it has that flow on effect. So I'm assuming you kind of sort of find that too. I know we work on a lot on mobility through that, but with your clients, do you have any sort of, you know, parameters that you're always exploring if they are going through cancer within their Pilates programs? Yeah. And I'm assuming that if we're talking about if they're going through cancer, part of that is usually surgery. So, I mean, Pilates is amazing, especially in a one-on-one uh, setting with the equipment and everything to really fine tune and and have that relationship where you can communicate with your instructor about like, oh, this is a little too much. This is, you know, I could do maybe a little more and, you know, how all the different angles are when you're rehabbing everything back from, you know, a surgery, whether it's breast cancer or you know, some other area, so much of the body has changed. And when you start cutting into the fascia, you know, even if it's something like a thyroid cancer, it's affecting your whole body because as we know, the fascia is all one big web and it's all connected. So you're going to see odd things. And especially if that flies instructor um, has been working with them beforehand, they, you know, go through the whole journey with them. They are going to be super aware of those changes as they're happening. Well, I love that you brought up fascia because somebody was asking me recently, they uh, had a hip arthroscope, so separate from our sort of cancer talk, but they've had a hip arthroscope and they're still getting a lot of pain in and around their hip and their massage therapist was talking to them about this thing called fascia um, and they're not really sure what it was. And so I was explaining to them what fascia was and how it works and, you know, how we can release it and how, you know, with the lateral line of the body, you know, if we're releasing further down the leg or up the hip or even with the the um, cross fascial lines, that we can actually get released from the hip if we're releasing other parts of the body, which that interconnection they had no awareness of. So I think it's a great topic to bring up for listeners that, uh, fascia is super important and whether or not you know you're going through having a surgery or even a treatment then fascia is going to be affected which is going to affect all areas of the body yeah absolutely this is actually what got me into flies in the first place so I was in college and I was um, studying to be a physical therapist and I was having all this back pain and they're like oh you know it's because of your scoliosis I'm like okay they kept working on it. It never really got better. And, you know, fast forward, like six months later, my left ankle started hurting and then they 
like zoomed out and looked at my ankle like, oh, well, your left ankle is collapsed and your right arch is nice and lifted. And I'm like, they're like, that's actually what's causing your scoliosis. I'm sorry. Did you, was it not there before? Like, why didn't you do this before? But that's not how our insurance model works, you know? And so it was actually my Pilates instructor. I just started taking and she got the foot corrector out and we got my left arch lifted. And I had, you know, like, it was just this amazing, like my ankle to my pelvis. And then here's where it gets really wild. I was waitressing at the time and my right wrist was always kind of bothering, like some tendonitis. Within six months of working on that ankle, my wrist stopped hurting. It's like, that's as far as you can get from two points on the body. And it was that fascial web. And what we're learning now is that not only is it all helping structurally to connect one part of the body to the opposite end, but it's also a communication device. So, you know, you think about how, and we don't even know all of how this works, but it's communicating and sending messages all throughout the body. And you think about something like cancer and, you know, metastasis and all these different things and how the body is working. The fascia is way more important, I think, than we even know yet. Yeah, agree. And I mean, they are doing more and more research and the research that has come out is absolutely fascinating and i always say to people that if you're if you are suffering from injuries and it goes from 1 to 2 when they start multiplying then definitely look into your fascial lines or work with somebody that knows about fascial lines so that you can do interconnected exercises to address all those different areas yeah yeah and i've seen a lot of connections with the fascia and the movement patterns with emotional stuff mm-hmm. which it's very hard to make it like a, a, you know, a double blind test and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, my mentor, Dr. Nasha Winters in the cancer realm is always talking about like, you know, when people have the cancer diagnosis, usually within the year prior, there's some kind of trauma, some kind of emotional loss, grief, something. And it's like, it's, it's so fascinating how the body withstands and, and deals with things and how it absorbs the emotional issues and such. Yeah, I've actually talked about that a few times on the podcast, um, how uh, often people will come in to do Pilates and they will burst into tears, as I'm assuming you've found in classes, because they start releasing, you know, their fascia, they start connecting with their body and there always is some emotional aspect. Or we've also talked about that progressing clients, we can progress them to a certain point, but until they start dealing with the emotional issues that may be happening in their life, they often wonder why am I progressing and mm-hmm. getting rid of that last bit of pain and that last, you know, bit of this or the injury and until they address the emotional issues or, the, you know, the separate um, psychological issues that are coming in, that pain won't disappear. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that you can download a free 15-minute core Pilates workout that I've designed especially for you to work your entire body and your core, including your pelvic floor and deep layer of abdominals to really build strength, stability, and mobility. This is a nice quick workout. You can fit into your day. It's definitely 100% doable. You don't need any equipment to do it. And I guarantee once you finish your 15 minutes of Pilates, you will feel stronger, more energized, taller, and really joyful and happy for moving your body and getting those endorphins moving. So 
don't forget, head on over to the show notes and download that free core workout and try some Pilates with me. I can't wait to see you on your mat. Yeah, so which is why Pilates is so beneficial for everybody, but especially as someone maybe, you know, having, you know, the cancer treatment, coming in post-treatment, and even if it is just some gentle movement and that connection to the body and getting that emotional release, then that's obviously going to help with the recovery as well. Absolutely. And and not to underestimate, like the relationship that you develop with your clients with the one-on-one you know, where you have that rapport and you're seeing them multiple times a week, like just having that safe space, I think is incredibly important for clients as well. And a lot of times people aren't getting that anywhere else. Yeah, true. And when it comes to movement with your background in, you know, cancer and everything that you've studied and that as well, what are the types of movement or how much movement have you experienced is beneficial? Because I do know, again, with my personal experience, um, they weren't, my, my family member wasn't really told to incorporate movement or they were pretty much told to rest and to see how they go. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I'm working with clients, um, I want to look at their whole picture. You know, what are all the factors that are driving their cancer? You know, if a lot of them, there's a strong adrenal component. And, you know, if they're really just shot, I, I don't want them to try to do more, you know, and that's not the person I'm be like, yeah, go to that really intense class, you know, advanced level. Like, no, you know, that might be a better situation to have a private one-on-one, lots of breaks, more kind of just gentle movement kind of things getting, you know, lubricated up in those joints and stuff. And, and more nourishing the soul than like pumping iron kind of a, a workout. And it's it's great because Pilates, we have such a diversity of how we can work with clients um, that we can customize and tailor it just to them. Um, obviously, if there's some reconstruction or something, they're going to need to work around that. But the, the biggest thing is that they don't overdo it. I find so many instructors nowadays, if clients just go to the local Pilates studio, they'll just be pushed way too hard and they that's not what they need when their body is trying to heal and detox and stuff. Yeah, I agree. And if somebody's listening in and going, yeah, I am going through a cancer journey last now and right now, or I have just sort of recovered from one, but I know I need to start moving again and getting back into something. How would you sort of suggest that they begin their Pilates journey? I would definitely say to go to somebody that is well-trained, high quality, and work with them one-on-one on the equipment because the equipment's going to give them the full scope so they can adapt it exactly to whatever issues are going on. They've got all the tools, so to speak, meaning um, a big group class or something where you're not getting that one-on-one attention is probably not ideal um, depending where you are on your cancer journey. If you have just, you know, had surgery or something, or maybe, um, you know, if you haven't just had surgery, rather, it might not be as critical, but it is still an issue. Yeah. And I know from working with people that the, you know, the equipment can either, you know, make things easier or make things harder. And I think that's when you, if you can work with an instructor and even if, you know, money, you don't have a lot of money and, you know, Pilates is one of those things that can be expensive. If you can invest in, you know, a block of sessions that may be like 10 sessions that you can start to learn the basics and get that tailored advice and that support while you're learning. And then if you feel comfortable, move into a smaller group class setting that might not be as expensive and work with it that way, that that sometimes can be a good option as well. 
That's a great option. Um, another option that I use a lot of times with clients is I'll have them do, you know, a package or something where they can get the basics down and then we can give them some homework, you know, so then they can stretch their privates out longer um, and have some things to do. So they're doing a little bit every day. You know, it doesn't have to be an hour always. It can just be, you know, 15, 20 minutes to get the circulation and everything at home. So they yeah. get more in. And I think that's a good point too, that people often think, oh, I need to do an hour session to get the benefits, but even sort of five, 10, 15 minutes, you can still get benefits from moving. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're doing a lot of different therapies and stuff, you may not have an hour in you both time-wise and, you know, actual physicality-wise. And with your own cancer journey, how does your life look different now post than it did to pre? That's a good question. So um, for me, I think there's a much stronger grounding and rooting in my own self-care. You know, having that as a big rock in my life of it's not negotiable, like, I've got my stuff I'm going to do. Pilates is one of those pieces and it's, it's just there. It's, it's not as easy to throw it out anymore because I know, I know what the stakes are. Um, I'd say that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And do you look back on, you know, prior to your diagnosis, did you look back on it and sort of go, yeah, there was a lot of emotional stuff going on? Or, I mean, you have five children or had five children at the time, so there would have been, you know, a really busy lifestyle. Is there anything that you kind of reflected back on and gone, yeah, maybe this and this, maybe that was part of contributing to it or, you know, it was just, you know, at the time, this is what I, I had time to do. Yeah. So for me, there was a lot of stuff and I've got all my smoking guns. I know what they were. The metabolic thing, like I can't stress it enough. I thought I was fine. I totally was insulin resistant and did not realize it. And the thing that I just want to scream from the rooftops about to people is like, people are very protective of their carbs. Um, and, and that was me, but you feel really good when you're insulin resistant, you don't feel bad. And people are like, oh no, because they hear the hypoglycemia symptoms and like, oh, I don't have that issue. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not, you, you feel good. Um, so that was one of my drivers. Um, for me, the hormones were out of control, which was unusual, but it was a postpartum thing. Uh, my thyroid was whacked out, um, which I had gone into the doctor previously and they had told me I was fine. And now I know that they were looking at really bad ranges. My vitamin D level was abysmal. Um, my ferritin was out through the floor. It was bad. You know, so there are a lot of things, but the big one was that, um, we moved into a house and eight months later, uh, I had cancer. And when we moved into that house, I didn't realize that it had black mold. Um, so we didn't realize at the time how bad that was. My husband found it and like, we pulled it out ourselves down to the studs and we did it all wrong. And, it's a carcinogenic form of mold. And so that was, that was not the only thing that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, but it, it's good. This is, I'm so grateful for this process because I found all the other stuff that, you know, was going on that I wouldn't have tested and looked at. And I thought my vitamin D levels were great because I'd been taking all this cod liver oil and I have a genetic issue that I don't absorb it well. So Yeah. There was, there was a lot of stuff. Um, going, touching on the mold, can you explain to the listeners how toxic black mold is and why we should be concerned? 
It's like the antichrist. It is like the worst thing ever. Um, literally the Bible, it talks about mold and how bad it is. And it's basically saying like, tear just burn the house and leave, like get away, get away. It is the worst thing ever. And basically our drywall is the perfect substrate for mold. And then we put our pipes behind it that only take like a little bit of a leak and 48 hours later you have, you have mold. Um, and then it can go through the walls and get in your body and it doesn't go away. So you could have had a mold exposure like 10 years ago. And some of us just suck at detoxing it. That would be me. And some people like my husband are pretty good at it and they can, they can cope and deal with it. But you know, you don't know until you get stuck in a situation. It's, yeah. it's pretty bad. Um, I'm an asthmatic and just only a few weeks ago it's summer here and it was our wedding anniversary and um, a, a friend had given me a voucher to go glamping. So, you know, fancy yeah. camping and we thought, okay, we'll use this, we'll use it for our anniversary, we'll go off. Um, we, you know, it was a really hot day, 35 degrees um, Celsius, so I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but stinking hot day. We arrive at these beautiful tents, but it's so hot, we're like, we'll just drop our bags. Um, we were booked in to go to the springs and dinner and so we came back in the evening at you know nine o'clock at night and come into the tent we're unpacking and my husband's looking around this tent and he's like it's filled with black mold there is black mold everywhere in this tent and I'm like I've already had um, a previous asthma attack being in a tent camping previously with black mold not realizing it had in it and I'm like oh I can't I can't sleep in here like we cannot it is covered in it but the people that were running it were just like, oh, no, like, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, we've had a bit of rain and stuff and a bit of dampness. We'll move you, but we'll clean them. They have been cleaned recently. They will be fine. And trying to communicate communicate to them that just cleaning it won't get rid of the black mould. They couldn't understand. And then, anyway, we moved tents at 10 o'clock at night. It was a massive ordeal. Won't go into that. But the next day they send me an email saying, you know, here's, a, a, you know, a gift voucher for, you know, $150, please come back and stay. But just so you know, we've treated those tents and um, they're good to go. And I'm just like, that's not how you cannot just clean black mold off and hope for the best and then put more people in there. So I was just like, it's one of those things I don't think a lot of people know about black mold. I don't, I think they think they can just, you know, give it a wipe and it'll disappear but it won't. Those spores are still going to be there. Uh, And it's one of those things that goes undetected when we might have a lot of things happening with our health and we can't get to the root cause and mold, you know, like toxic metals and things like that. Mold can be one of them. Yes, it can very much. Yeah. And the mold is a big one with cancer. I can't stress that enough. I see it over and over and over again um, with my cancer clients. Heavy metals are a big one too. There's a whole another panel I use as well for non-metal toxins, you know, um, like benzene and stuff, different chemicals they use in our environment. And almost all my clients have some of those different ones. It's just a matter of which ones to point to which detox things we need to do. And when it comes to detoxifying and helping our detox systems, you know, really work at their best, what are some of the basics that you kind of, um, you know, help your clients with to get their detox systems functioning really well? Yeah, well, it depends. Depending on um, what shows up on their test, um, we'll do different protocols and stuff because different binders are known to work with different molds, spores, or you know, heavy metals and things better. But one of the things I use with almost everybody is infrared saunas. 
They're so good to get the body to purge it out through the skin. Um, and there's a lot of other benefits. So you're getting kind of multitasking. Um, I also do a lot of coffee enemas, which coffee enemas are fantastic, not only to you know, literally keep things moving, but it also helps stimulate your liver to make more glutathione and to dump the bile and get the toxins out. Um, but the reason I really like them is because they stimulate your parasympathetic system. And myself, as well as most of my clients, you know, cancer clients tend to be very like a type, you know, really wound up sympathetic dominant. And so that's a really nice way to help find that that Zen place, I call it. Which I almost feel like is, you know, caffeine, you know, caffeine, caffeine, like, do you know what I mean? Just thinking about it literally would sort of ramp you up and put you in that parasympathetic state. So it's interesting that it does actually drop you into the parasympathetic state. Yeah. It has to do with the vagal nerve activation. So the caffeine orally will do that, that actually put you in the sympathetic, um, but rectally it kind of has the opposite effect. Oh, well, that's always uh, good to learn, especially people who are sort of exploring some of these sort of, you know, different alternative, I guess, you know, approaches to, you know, holistic health in the sense. Um, So when it comes to your Pilates practice now and and how you run your business, what does your day-to-day look like sort of swapping between different hats? (laughs) That's a good question. Now, here's where it's going to get fun. So my studio is in Scottsdale, Arizona. But my husband and I have lived up in Idaho for the last 10 years. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah. So, yeah, people usually start going cross-eyed there. So we've been running this year remotely. I do a lot of uh, the teacher training and stuff online. I'll work with my clients remotely. Um, so, like, when COVID hit, we were ready to go. Like, right over there, I've got my reformer and, you know, all my lights and stuff work over there, too. Oh, well, that works out super well then. <laughs> I'm the I'm the reverse. So I have my Pilates studio in the house. So I literally have it all on site and had to swap across a lot more, you know, most people were coming in. I had very few online. So when COVID hit, I had to do, like most people, more of a swap to the online world. Um, some mm-hmm. of my online stuff was going, but, yeah, it definitely um, – it's that in-person connection I think people have still come back to post-COVID as well. But during that sort of COVID period, we were closed for about a year all up, which is a long time for a business. So I think if you weren't already adapting, that's why most people didn't survive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were closed down for a long time. And then we had like, we could work at 25%, which was kind of a joke. But um, so for me day to day, I am kind of going back and forth between um, working with private clients, mentoring um, our students with our online training program, um, working with my practitioner team. Um, I now have seven children, so they're in the house and, you know, they're homeschooled. So, you know, jumping back and forth with these, they just kind of go back and forth, which is really a good, good fit for me. Yeah, well, you are obviously very, very busy if you're doing all of those things as well, especially if you're homeschooling. So what are some of your, besides Pilates, your go-to practices that enable you to do so much? I think for me, uh, the biggest one would be intentionality. So I'm, I'm very focused on like, okay, this is what I am doing. This is my goal. Let's work backwards. 
And then, okay, that doesn't align with this. I need to let that go, even though that would be fun kind of thing. Um, and I'm big on teaching my kids that too, because I think it's really important that they know how to get stuff done. Yeah. Well, I guess if you've got seven kids, then you definitely need the help <laughs> from everybody. Well, I'll tell you, honestly, I, people ask me this all the time. I don't know how people don't have seven children. Like this is gold with them being at home. You know, I think it's really important. They know how to do the cooking and the cleaning and all the stuff. So, and with seven of them, they can do it. And I don't have to do any of that. So I'm not doing any of the cooking or cleaning or laundry or any of that. That's all done. I'm just managing it. Yeah. You're the CEO of the household, the best job to have. (laughs) And honestly, that came out of my cancer journey because I, you know, I was like down for the count and I'm like, okay, I have to delegate. And you know what? They, They did a whole lot more than I thought. My oldest was eight when I had cancer and I was shocked at how much she could do. And I'm like, wow, I've been underestimating her and I've been being a control freak and not letting her in the kitchen alone. Like this is kind of silly. And now I realize, like, when they go in the kitchen alone, good things happen. Yeah. Well, I think that's an important point to bring up too because a lot of people aren't, and women in particular, are not very good at delegating. They always think, oh, it's too hard or I'll, I'll do a better job myself or it's quicker if I do it myself. And so they resist giving it off. But when you do, fantastic things can happen. It is really. It's a huge asset. <laughs> yeah. Now, we always finish off our interviews asking our guests if that if they could share one piece of health advice that our listeners could go off and instigate straight away, what would it be? Hmm, that is a good question. This is this is what I tell anyone that has had or has cancer. So, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier that, you know, standard care has has their methodology and regardless of whether you do that, you've got to address the root issues and find the causes of why it was allowed to proliferate so that you don't have to live in fear the rest of your life with that cloud hanging down. So test, don't guess, don't just like read a bunch of blogs and throw a lot of alternative stuff at it, you know, actually do the testing and see what's going on for you. Because honestly, I would never have guessed the things that I was dealing with were the ones that were initiating it unless I had tested. Yeah. Fantastic advice, I think. Test, don't guess, best way to go. Now, where can listeners reach out and connect with you? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Nutritionalpilates.com is our website and it's got, you can see all the stuff we've got going on. And on there, I've got a book coming out. Your listeners can grab a free copy. You just have to tell me where to send it. Um, Hard copy, not like an email copy. Um, I also just, I'm going to throw this out there. I have a retreat coming up. So if people are interested in doing this functional testing, I'm combining all the functional testing and Pilates with a vacation, like a luxury vacation. So it's a very small, intimate, like every meal is a cooking class kind of experience. Oh, that sounds amazing. Where's the retreat being held? It's in Scottsdale. So you'll get to come to our studio and um, it's a gorgeous location. Um, so if you're interested, you, they can just uh, connect with me via the uh, website or on Instagram. It's at Katrina Foe. Perfect. Well, I'll link that all up in the show notes so um, everybody can head across there. Otherwise, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Kate. It was so great to meet a kindred spirit. <laughs> Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe 
to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.